Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast series. The Thinking Spatially podcast series, where we think spatially across space, across time, and across scales, from local to global scales. Greetings, Joseph Kursky here with you, geographer, educator, GIS professional, on another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast. Today's episode, Lewis and Clark. Researching, Mapping, and Exploring to the Coast. Lewis and Clark. The names Lewis and Clark have been so synonymous with exploration, particularly in American history, that their appearance in this podcast series is no surprise to the listener, I am sure. But their expedition to the Pacific Northwest in the United States proved to be revolutionary to geography for several reasons. First, while this podcast and other writings of mine make it clear that national governments had been sponsoring expeditions for centuries, such as Magellan, the Lewis and Clark expedition was the first official United States-sponsored expedition, and one of the first from a modern national government, specifically focused on geographic discovery. Latitude and longitude were dutifully recorded with each observation, and the connections between climate, Weather, landforms, hydrology, biomes, and people were carefully observed, though it would be a while before the information was disseminated. One difficulty in dissemination came when Lewis rather mysteriously apparently killed himself in 1809 while turning their raw notes and maps into scientific publishable accounts. Clark, who by this time had been named governor of the Missouri Territory and partner in the Missouri Fur Company, was instrumental in finishing the maps and notes. He also made arrangements for the freedom of his slave, York, who had participated as a full member of the the expedition. In 1814, a publisher in Philadelphia issued a two-volume journal entitled History of the Expedition under the Command of Captains Lewis and Clark, which became a standard reference for travelers for decades to come. One of the expedition's mission was to carry out linguistic and ethnological studies of the Native Americans. The Americans who read the accounts of the expedition began to understand the number, diversity, language, and customs of the Native Americans. They also learned about the topography, rivers, biology, including plant species, fauna, including animal species, ecoregions, and the climate of the Great Plains, Rocky Mountains, and Pacific Coast. They also knew how far it was to the Pacific Ocean, at least via the Missouri River. The lands now part of their own country now seemed much less mysterious. For the Native Americans, however, the Lewis and Clark expedition marked the end to the way of life they had known for centuries. Second, Lewis and Clark did not discover a Northwest Passage, a sea route to the Pacific, nor did they start immediate immediate overland immigration to the West Coast, but the human impacts from the expedition were numerous and far-reaching. Their work was the starting point for a tidal wave of trade, settlement, and immigration in the Great Plains, Rocky Mountains, and Pacific Northwest, and on to Alaska. Their extensive notes about how suitable the land was to farming and ranching, and what types of crops would grow, began the government-sponsored homesteading according to how Jefferson envisioned dividing up the land, per the Ordnance Act. Their notes about river systems and where mineral deposits were located would spur other government-sponsored surveys, such as those from Pike in 1806, Long in 1819, Fremont in 1842, Hayden in 1871, 
and Wheeler from 1869 to 1872. It also led to additional surveys and the eventual formation of the U.S. Geological Survey and Land Management Agencies such as the Bureau of Land Management and the U.S. Forest Service. Lewis and Clark's appreciation of landscapes and places led to the conservation movement that took root later in the century, including first protection of lands in national parks, and it, its influence even reached into the 20th century with the environmental movement. As, it the, as is the case with several other, other expeditions described in this podcast series and in my book Interpreting Our World from ABC Clio, political geography was instrumental in bringing about this expedition. On 30 April 1803, U.S. President Thomas Jefferson negotiated a treaty with France's Napoleon Bonaparte by which France turned over its claims to the western part of the Mississippi River Basin to the USA for $15 million. Planning ahead, Jefferson had, al had already in January 1803 requested funds from the U.S. Congress to send an exploring party to find an, to find an overland route to the Pacific Ocean. One of Lewis and Clark's mission was to make contacts with the Native Americans, to shift trade and allegiance away from the competing Spanish, French, British, and Russian interests in the area toward the United States. Lewis, a neighbor of Jefferson in Virginia who had experience in the West, was chosen by Jefferson to lead the expedition. Once chosen, Lewis left for Philadelphia to study botany and astronomy, and with Jefferson's approval, Lewis invited his friend William Clark, a cartographer, to be co-leader. Their instructions were to find the most direct and practicable water communication across the continent for the purposes of commerce. Lewis left Philadelphia in July 1803 for Pittsburgh, then floated down the Ohio River where he was joined by Clark and his African-American servant York in Louisville. The expedition spent the winter of 1803 to 1804 on the east bank of the Mississippi River in American territory. On 9 March 1804, Lewis was an official witness to the transfer of Upper Louisiana from Spain to France, and then, on the following day, of the same territory from France to the United States. They took with them War Department cartographer Nicholas King's map of North America west of the Mississippi from 1803, an attempt to summarize all available topographic information about the region. The expedition set out on 14 May 1804 with 45 men in three boats. They used the sextant and compass to mark their positions. In late July, a little beyond the mouth of the Platte River, they met members of the Oto and Missouri tribes and informed them that their territory had been taken over by the United States. In August, the expedition's only death occurred when Sergeant Floyd died suddenly of a bilious colic and was buried on a bluff near Sioux City, Iowa. The party met with the Omaha tribe and various bands of Sioux, they were threatened only once near present-day Pierce, South Dakota, but a confrontation was avoided. By the end of October, they had traveled an average of 14.5 kilometers per day and had reached the cluster of Mandan villages near Bismarck, North Dakota, and built a small stockade named Fort Mandan. The Americans spent five months there, visited by traders and Native Americans. One of the visitors was Toissaint Charbonneau, a French fur trader with a Native American wife named Sacagawea a member of the Shoshone tribe from present-day Idaho. She gave birth to a baby boy, Pompey, on 11 February 1805. Lewis and Clark hired Charbonneau and his wife as interpreters and guides. Clark later adopted Pompey, or Jean-Baptiste Charbonneau, and paid for his education. 
Jean, Jean, had an adventurous life as a trapper, miner, scout, and military officer, including six years in Europe with a German prince and a term as mayor in Mission San Luis Rey de Francia near present-day Oceanside, California. Fascinating life, for sure. After 13 men headed back to St. Louis, the rest of the expedition set out on 7 April 1805, when Clark wrote, quote, I could not but esteem this moment of my departure as among the most happy of my life, end quote. It took a month to portage around Great Falls, Montana. On 12 August, Lewis reached the source of the Missouri and crossed over the Continental Divide to the source of the Lemhi River, a tributary of the Columbia. The next day, Lewis met with a group of Shoshone, and taking their chief and some of the warriors back to meet with Clark and the rest of the expedition, whereupon Sacagawea recognized them as her own people. In fact, the chief was her brother. The Lemhi River was unnavigable, forcing the explorers to continue on land, with the chief agreeing to accompany them partway as guide. Traveling over the mountains required 50 days to, fov- to cover 482 kilometers, but they finally found Lolo Pass and descended the mountains into the valley of the Clearwater River on 20 September in the territory of the Nez Perce. After building canoes, they arrived at the Snake River on 10 October and at the Columbia six days later, seeing the Pacific Ocean for the first time on 7 November 1805. They constructed winter headquarters at a place they named Fort Clatsop in honor of the local tribe, near the mouth of the Columbia and near present-day Astoria, Oregon. Leaving behind letters for any European traders who might travel along the coast, Lewis and Clark turned back east on 23 March 1806, splitting up for a while in the mountains and suffering some theft and hunger, but reuniting and reaching the Mandan villages on 14 August 1806, persuading Chief Big White to come with them back to Washington. They reached St. Louis on 23 September 1806. We were met by all the village, wrote Clark, and received a hearty welcome from its inhabitants. From there, they traveled on to Washington to report personally to the president. The geographic knowledge of the United States, and indeed the world, would never be the same again. Thus, the Lewis and Clark expedition to the Pacific coast of the United States contributed immensely to the physical and cultural geographic knowledge. It had a far-reaching impact on the settlement, mining, and agriculture of the entire region, and also contributed to mapping and surveying technology, the protection of lands, and the, eventually, the environmental movement. After the expedition was over, the two men, Lewis and Clark, had radically different paths. For Clark, it was the beginning of a well-respected, successful life, and also he became guardian for Sacagawea's children after she died. For Lewis, though, he was an unsuccessful governor of Louisiana Territory and died of gunshot wounds in 1809, possibly self-inflicted. Lewis and Clark's legacy is controversial for many reasons, rightly so, for so many reasons that this controversy could become an entire chapter in a book or an entire podcast in this Thinking Spatially series. While their accomplishments were numerous, for many Native American peoples and tribes, the opening of the American Great Plains and West to settlement following the expedition led to generations of war, disease, and mistreatment, as well as the destruction of many species of wildlife that they were dependent on, and the dividing up of lands into pastures, farms, and villages. Indeed, their lives, culture, and homeland would never be the same. Thank you for joining me on this, what I hope is a thought-provoking discussion on Lewis and Clark, 
mapping, researching, and exploring to the coast. Thanks for being with me.